Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hope everybody is doing well as we move into the beginning of August 2021. Can't believe it's August already. Another Sunday perspective show, and uh, we're going to dig into a topic that uh, we covered a little bit in a Cloud News of the Week a couple of couple of weeks ago. It's just sort of a bullet point, uh, kind of what felt at the time like a little bit of a throwaway. The more I think about it, um, you know, I think it's an interesting topic to dig into a little bit because one of the things that we always like to do on this show is, uh, one, we like to go find new technology. But number two, we always have this sort of mindset of it's really important to follow the money and figure out where where money's flowing in this uh, in this industry. It helps you kind of figure out certain trends, whether trends are you know good or bad or other types of things. But follow the money is always sort of a good uh, way to figure out where people are, are betting their wallet as much as their uh, their hearts and minds and in, uh, in technology. So I thought what we'd do today, there was an article that we mentioned in Cloud News of the Week, like I said, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it'll be in the show notes as well. That talked about VC funding being up, uh, number one, being up uh, significantly for 2021, but also being up significantly uh, even more so for in Q2 of 2021, so the April to June timeframe. And I thought what we would do is kind of dive in a little bit as to why we're starting to see this, uh, you know, bigger trend um, of, of more money, not only more money as an aggregate piling into the market, into startups and investments, but also uh, the amount into individual companies, sort of, you know, uh, very large A rounds, very large B rounds, those types of things. Why are those things happening? And, you know, if you followed the show for a long time, um, you know, we've always sort of kind of followed uh, who gets invested in, you know, what their life cycle is. We try and track some of those things. Um, We've had a fairly good track record of finding some of those companies and, uh, you know, watching their life cycle evolve. But I think it's kind of important to see, you know, is this something that's, um, you know, reshaping the industry? Is there a specific reason why this is happening? And so we're going to dig into all those things right after the break. Today's show is brought to you by CBT Nuggets. You know how much we value ongoing education on the Cloudcast. And CBT Nuggets is exactly what Aaron and I wish we had when we were trying to get our certification early in our careers. CBT Nuggets is all about bringing a personalized touch to learning about cloud computing, virtualization, networking, DevOps, and much, much more. Whether it's their hands-on labs with personalized coaching or the online chat functions that come up with every instructor-led course, CBT Nuggets' team of experts is always there to help you get the most from your training and your PASA certification. You can check it all out at cbtnuggets.com cloudcast and sign up for a free trial. You get access to the full catalog of great training, including virtual labs, quizzes, and other premium features completely free for the first seven days. That's cbtnuggets.com cloudcast. Today's show is sponsored by Datadog. Now with cloud security posture management, Datadog allows you to see compliance scores across your infrastructure and track conformance to industry benchmarks such as CIS and other regulatory standards, out-of-the-box cloud and infrastructure configuration rules. Datadog Cloud Security Posture Management, CSPM, performs configuration audits across cloud accounts, hosts, and containers. As a special offer for Cloudcast listeners, you can sign up for a free two-week trial to see for yourself how Datadog can elevate your cloud infrastructure security posture by going to datadog.com slash security dash cloudcast. That's datadog.com slash security dash cloudcast. Sign up now and receive a free Datadog t-shirt. And we're back. 
And as I mentioned in the top of the show, we're going to look a little bit at why we're seeing so much funding from the VCs uh, in our industry, maybe more so than we, we normally do. Uh, obviously, if you've followed the show for a while, you know that we've we sort of track that. Um, there's always been money flowing into innovation, into uh, into this industry, into the tech industry as a whole. Uh, but we're starting to see this sort of blip, um, actually not even maybe a blip, sort of a, a spike, if you will. And I thought it would be sort of interesting to dive into some of the reasons why this might be happening. Um, you know, we obviously can't uh, get into the minds and the spreadsheets of, of every VC, but, you know, having covered this for a while, I think, uh, you know, there's some things that are going on that are worth looking at as maybe just sort of standard fare, but also there's some things um, that have changed in the industry that are worth kind of digging into. So let's start with sort of the basics. Um, you know, anytime we're seeing, uh, you know, very, very low interest rates uh, and we're seeing low interest rates around the world. And for the most part, other than a few places, um, you know, just recently, uh, inflation has been fairly low. So we're seeing uh, very low, uh, very, very low interest rates, uh, nearly zero in many places in some countries, negative. Um, and so anytime uh, VCs have access to essentially free money, for the most part, uh, you know, we're going to see them making more and more investments. And keep in mind, VC is sort of a very interesting way of investing. It's, it's in essence, um, very limited downside. So they're only limited on the downside of what they invest into a company and potentially unlimited upside. So it's a very interesting, uh, essentially gambling model, if you will, investment model, whatever you want to call it. But when you can get access to sources of money that are incredibly low, um, you know, whether they're taking it out, uh, you know, whether they're getting it from investors or whatever, but when the global sort of way of, of getting access to money is very, very low, we tend to see more and more investments. That's not necessarily totally new, but we have seen very, very low interest rates for the last number of years, especially over maybe the last three or four years, especially. Um, we are seeing, you know, kind of secondhand orders of the pandemic. Uh, so the pandemic obviously uh, dominated the news in 2020. We saw uh, governments pumping tons and tons of stimulus money into the economy. Uh, in many cases, that money didn't have to get paid back. So essentially uh, free loans, if you will. Um, and we've seen, um, you know, a, a lot of that happening especially over the last 12, 15 months or so. So a lot of not only cheap money, but a lot of money flowing from governments uh, that was made available or became sloshing around in the in the global economy. Um, and so, you know, that money goes searching for uh, bigger and bigger returns uh, because you can't uh, put it into safe havens because the interest rates are very, very low. Now, the third thing I think is worth noting is, you know, we're we're about a decade or so into into sort of the cloud computing reality, right? Um, we, you know, if you go back at some of the shows we've done on Sundays, or if you've watched the show for you know the last decade plus, um, you know, we're now into a full decade cycle of cloud computing. We're seeing all three of the major cloud providers, and even the fourth and fifth cloud providers, uh, continuing to have very good earning numbers. Uh, we'll actually cover the earning numbers in uh, the Wednesday show coming up next week, so stay tuned for those. Um, but you know. We've been through a decade of that, and if you think about that, you know most enterprise IT uh, startups are a little different. Obviously, startups come and go, but but enterprise IT, uh, you know, tends to run in between three, five, and seven year uh, refresh cycles. So whether it's you know uh, compute being maybe a three year refresh cycle, storage being maybe a five year refresh cycle, networking being maybe a seven year refresh cycle, um, you know, we've now lived through one of those. And no matter where companies got involved with the cloud. They're now into their second stage of that. And what that means is, you know, while we, we're always sort of trying to figure out, like, you know, will the cloud grow forever? Okay, we know that won't happen necessarily, um, at least maybe not in the exact same format it is today. But um, 
But in terms of sort of the the mass, the gravity of the cloud, um, you know, you tend to once you get into uh, you know being invested in a in a vendor, in a, an environment, in an ecosystem, you tend to stay there, right? It tends to be more work to move. So uh, you know, we 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 kind of I think can feel fairly comfortable that the big three, four, five are going to be fairly entrenched because we've already now lived through that first decade. Uh, we've lived through um, you know what's going to be coming up if not already once a second time refresh cycles for people in terms of their budget. And you know we're not buying hardware anymore, but just in terms of the way they budget, um, you know, kind of going through those cycles is is starting to, to play itself out. So um, you know we're seeing massive Massive amounts of capital going into uh, into the public cloud and, and OpEx and, and, and CapEx and so forth. Um, and so, you know, more and more things are going to consolidate around the IT industry. And when things consolidate around the IT industry, um, to a certain extent, you do see um, more and more uh, investment happen around the edges, trying to um, bounce uh, trying to bounce, uh, you know, uh, find places to to make money, but also um, you see people figuring out: Can we compete? Right? Are there things that we just shouldn't try and compete on uh, in certain spaces? So, uh, you know, the the gravity of the big three tech um, is definitely shifting how people think about uh, their investment, about where they think about innovation potentially happening, and um, and so forth. So, the third thing or fifth, fourth thing I've got on the list. <clears throat> is there really is no more middle ground. We used to always have sort of middle ground in the tech industry. You had you know certain leaders, uh, maybe you had an Oracle or a Cisco or, I don't know, Dell or somebody like that, an EMC or a VMware. Um, and then you had, you know, smaller players. You had a really, really little niche startups. Uh, if you ever went in the back of a trade show uh, along the back wall, there was always, you know, the ones who had a, um, well, you know, two by two booth and you had no idea what they did. But there was always a, a really big, robust middle ground. And just like we've seen a lot of industries, you know, the middle of the tech industry is is kind of getting hollowed out, right? We're seeing more and more around innovation, and we're seeing more and more around, you know, kind of the big four, five, six cloud providers and some companies around that. So, you know, that's another thing that sort of drives uh, more and more investment around these startups, right? You can't necessarily just be you know, a startup that's going to have a $100 million exit or a $200 million exit or something, right? Um, you know, in order for it to make an impact either uh, strategically or competitively against the bigger side of the of the equation, it's got to be, you know, a B, a billion dollar type of thing, multi-billion dollar type of thing, whether it's going to get acquired by one of those companies or whether it's going to, you know, have a distinct impact in those companies. So um, in order to do that, we're seeing more and more investment in order to accelerate uh, how fast those companies can grow, um, accelerate their ability once they gain some traction uh, in a market to help them grow and to, to foster bigger market and so forth. So uh, I think we're seeing that as well. We're seeing a, a hollowing out of the middle of the tech industry over the last you know, decade plus. And again, um, it's because <clears throat> we've seen things happening in the cloud industry. We've seen things like open source, um, you know, eroding some of the proprietary types of technologies and so forth. Um, the the third thing is, or third, fifth, sixth, whatever number we're on at this point is, you know, the cloud providers, um, you know, have been sort of mixed bag in terms of acquisitions. You know, in the past, uh, the largest companies would swallow up a lot of them. Um, we sort of see sort of a mixed bag in terms of, um, cloud acquisitions. So, you know, I mentioned, I think on the Microsoft show a couple of weeks ago, you know, they've done 85 plus acquisitions since Satya Nadella came on board. Um, Google has done a few, um, G, you know, GCP has done a few, um, AWS has done a few, but not necessarily as much. So, um, you know, in order to be able to, to change their world, in order to be able to change uh, their 
their direction, if you will, you've got to be fairly large. You've got to be, uh, you know, $500 million and above, right? And, and not just in valuation, but driving those sort of revenues. Because when you start getting into companies being worth 20, 40, 50, 60, $100 billion, um, you know, unless you're more than a billion dollars, you're really not moving the needle for them. And it may not necessarily be worth their time. So, um, you know, as startups are coming along, as VCs are trying to make them, um, you know, potentially interesting acquisition targets, they've got to be pretty big and they've, they've got to be fairly large. The next one I have on my list is just kind of our, our state of mind, our, our state of, you know, willingness to look at four and five and six alternatives. People don't tend to have time for that anymore. They tend to sort of find which one's best. Um, we tend to see, you know, the thing within a certain industry um, sort of take off and, you know, I think the, the VCs are basically sort of saying, hey, uh, maybe in that B round, uh, we're going to invest what would have been a C round or a D round to try and accelerate that. Because if we see ourselves having that early market lead, um, you know, the more fuel we can pour on the fire, uh, the more we can sort of gain that immediate attention for people. We gain the buzz around it. We gain all the social credibility. Uh, and then obviously we, we sort of, you know, capture much more of the early adopter. And once you've done that, it becomes much more difficult for anybody else to become a third, fourth, fifth player uh, in the industry because people just don't have time uh, to evaluate it. Um, people like CIOs are only staying in roles for a couple of years. Most people are only staying in certain roles for a couple of years. So if you're not getting out in front, influencing those people within the early parts of their job before they leave and go take on some other challenge, um, it becomes harder and harder. So, you know, the VCs pumping more money in to try and accelerate that is is yet another thing. Next thing I had on my list was, you know, we're we're no longer kind of dealing with uh, kind of core technology problems anymore, you know, compute, storage, networking, bandwidth. Um, you know, there's still things that, that address those things. They get incrementally better. But we're now dealing with some stuff that's really, really big in scope, right? Things like AI and ML, right? Massive amounts of data, massive amounts of compute to be able to deal with that. We're dealing with, you know, autonomous driving, self-driving vehicles. We're dealing with, you know, genetic testings to accelerate vaccines and pharmaceuticals. We're dealing with, you know, scale of 5G to, you know, millions and millions of, of end users. We're dealing with energy discovery and optimization. We're dealing with, you know, everything delivered, right? So all these sort of problems that we're now dealing with, um, the underlying technologies of them are really big in scale. And they're not things that, you know, a $10 million investment, a $20 million investment can necessarily move the needle. Maybe it needs to be $100 million. Maybe it needs to be $200 million. Um, and so, you know, I think that's another reason is to be able to, again, make an impact on these really big scale technologies. Um, they need a significant amount of funding, not only in their ability to, uh, you know, use large amounts of compute and data, but also, um, you know, the price tag on some of these really, really high-end skill sets, whether they're in AI and ML or specific sorts of uh, metals and sciences and so forth, um, you know, is, is very, very costly. So again, the price tags have gone up, the scale of the problems have gone up. Um, and I think that's another reason we're starting to see more and more investments is that people, you know, secondarily don't want to be uh, investing in things that could be third, fourth, fifth best in their in their category. Next thing uh, I had on the list is, you know, obviously um, investing is one side of it. Uh, being able to get the rewards of that is the other side of it. And if we look at over the last couple of years, and again, this is sort of cyclical. I don't know if this is something that will uh, necessarily trend forever. But if you look at the last five years, you look at the last 10 years of 
you know, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, uh, some of the major markets, um, you know, they are heavily overweighted by tech stocks. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the largest companies in the world were were oil and, 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 and petrochemical and banking. And we've, we've seen some other things right now. Um, tech is king. And, you know, the largest companies in the world, the largest uh, valuations in the world are tech companies. And so, again, um, you know, people, VCs recognize that, you know, the valuation put against those may be overblown, um, but, you know, they want to kind of get involved with them, uh, you know, when when the market is, um, you know, is paying premiums for those types of things. So, again, uh, again, throwing money at trying to accelerate uh, the speed at which you're able to get those returns and uh, and get that uh, that market adoption or that market uh, perception of of high valuations, and then I think the other thing, the last thing I'll talk about, and I'll kind of wrap it up, um, you know, is I think especially as I've started studying more and more like SaaS type of models, and and obviously if we look at you know where the spend is in cloud computing, SaaS is the the biggest uh, one. Uh, now it's a highly highly fragmented market. There are you know thousands of SaaS companies as opposed to you know quote unquote the big three clouds and so forth. But um, you know I think as you study more and more of the SaaS models, um, those businesses maybe more so, and this is always the striking thing to me as I sort of study the SaaS businesses. You know they become much more formulaic in terms of what their go-to-market, what their sales, uh, cost of sales, cost of marketing, how they can pinpoint and target marketing campaigns, how they can target customers, how they can manage retention, how they can manage onboarding. All those things are much, much more well-defined in the SaaS space because everything's online. Everything is, has telemetry behind it. There are so many um, advanced tools to be able to do sales marketing, inside sales, uh, track customers through cookies as they you know trial things out, all that sort of stuff. Um, more so than we've ever seen where we had, you know, uh, enterprise, uh, you know, playing golf, having steaks, drinking bourbon kind of sales forces, um, and the technologies associated with them, you know, software center, you know, uh, you know, software centric as opposed to cloud centric. So, you know, I think as we better understand, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily how to, how to invent the next idea, but how to run the company once a good idea happens, um, you know, we're able to accelerate those things. And as they become more formulaic and more better understood, um, you know, the risk you have in investing in those kind of companies uh, becomes less and you might be willing to invest more and more money into that. So I think as I, as I think about this overall space, I'm going to kind of wrap it up a little bit. Um, I think those are probably the top six, seven, eight, nine reasons. Uh, I think that we're seeing, again, this doubling down on investment. Now, uh, caveat emptor, please don't take any of this as investment advice. Um, we very well may be, you know, at the end or, or you know, coming near the end of a bubble. Uh, the other thing we see at the end of bubbles, um, if we happen to be in a tech bubble, and again, I don't know whether we are or not, is sometimes we see people getting overly enthusiastic. We see things being highly overvalued and people pumping a lot of money in thinking, well, I missed the early wave of this. I'm going to get money in at the end. Uh, you know, I'll be able to make the same sort of returns. That might be what's happening as well. So, you know, there might be, uh, as I talked about for the first 10, 15 minutes of this segment, lots of lots of uh, good rational reasons and sort of market forces changing reasons. But we also may be seeing, uh, you know, the beginning of a bubble, and and we've seen those in technology before. Uh, we saw that in in 2000. We saw that a little bit in 2008, and. Uh, you know, maybe we're beginning to see some of that here with the massive valuations that we're seeing in tech. So, uh, caveat emptor, keep your eyes open. Um, you know, be smart about how, as you think about you know how you invest your money. But you know, as I was thinking about why the VCs are investing so much money, that was sort of the list that came to mind for me. And and I think uh, 
you know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see whether or not, um, you know, tech continues to, to have this huge run that it does. Uh, I think those of us that live in the tech industry tend to think it will. But, um, you know, uh, there's it's always good to sort of analyze why we're seeing money flows, follow the money, uh, track why it might be happening. And then, you know, as things evolve over time, whether it's interest rates or, you know, global geopolitical uh, winds changing or just, um, you know, the competitive dynamics of the market, go back and reevaluate it from time to time. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening to today's Sunday Perspective. Thanks for telling a friend about the show. Thanks for helping us grow the community. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 